Hey listeners, I'm Trey. And this is Dean. Along with EY. Welcome to Pocast. Reviewing films with New Orleans flavor. We managed to get Dean to go to her first convention. Yes. No, it was an anime convention. It was very long overdue, to be honest. But yes, my first convention was the most recent anime convention. MechaCon, which was actually their last year doing it. Um, what did you think of it? Oh, I loved it. Like I said, it was long overdue. I should have been going to cons years ago. Like, I agree. I've been trying to get you to go. Like I've been, I should have been going to like Renaissance fairs years ago. I'm, I'm discovering there's all these places I missed out on in like my twenties that it, they're like it's like my people. Like, I should have been here all along. <laughs> Where have I been? So you think Which you'll is... be going to more cons? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. What are you saying, anyway? Oh, I don't know. I was just waiting to see, <laughs> to see where this was going. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, speaking of going to more cons, do you think you would ever go to Supercon? E. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know if I would ever go to Supercon. That was... I don't know. I've not been to many cons personally, but I'm not sure Supercon um, showed the greatness of conventions, if that makes sense. No, but you can go to a comic convention at the Ilario Center on the West Bank. Oh, which uh, one's that one? It's NolaCon. It's kind of small. Definitely not even close to the scale of what Supercon was in tonight's movie, Supercon. Um but yeah, they have a convention every year that's, uh, like I said, it's a little smaller, uh, but it, and it focuses a lot more on comics. You know, like we had the anime convention at MechaCon, NolaCon at the Ilario Center is usually more focused on the actual comics. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I've been to NolaCon a couple times, and uh, while SuperCon in the movie is a lot bigger than NolaCon, a lot of what you see in SuperCon uh looks exactly like it does when they set up for NolaCon. Really? Did they yeah. just like kind of borrow NolaCon for Maybe. this movie? Maybe. That's what I was going to ask. I, I it felt real. Like it felt like lived in, you know, it felt like it was mm-hmm. a real convention. Like I'm pretty sure so like the well not even the show floor, one of the show floors where they had a lot of the like opening shots were uh that's absolutely from NolaCon. i don't know if they did it during the same weekend or they just got footage but that was absolutely during NolaCon. Um, oh that's interesting a lot of the other stuff like especially when they're like running through the convention chasing down whatever and you know um stuff like that like even the little hallway where they were sitting to do autographs uh like that hallway is definitely part of the Ilario center but i don't think i've ever actually been to NolaCon where they had like big special guests um at least not that i saw when i was there so it's sort of like a a, a bit of a smaller scale yeah um con Although, i mean that's interesting though i wish we had kind of information on if they were filming during that time yeah i mean this was a pretty a pretty small film so unfortunately any information pertaining to it is pretty limited there's really not much actually out there how can yeah, you call could... this a small film when John Malkovich and Clancy Brown were in it. 
I mean, true, but I I mean, kind of like what Eli said, I couldn't really find a whole lot of information on this film. I was surprised to see John Malkovich. John Malkovich is definitely and obviously a great actor, but he has appeared in in some questionable things. (laughs) And yeah, I I mean, it, it was, it was a small movie. It came out in theaters briefly. I don't think like a wide national release, but it it came out in theaters and then was released mainly on Vudu, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some like one of those little streaming services that I don't know if it's still around. Oh, it is. Like that's where you would go to watch it. I got it on Prime for free with ads, which was excruciating. I would have paid the extra money to watch it without ads. Yeah, no. In this house, we do not do ads. Yeah, you're all fancy with your Fire Stick or Roku. I have an Xbox. I mean, you can thank Trey for that. Trey was the one who got me my first Fire Stick a few years ago for Christmas. That's where that Fire Stick went. You literally wrapped it for me and gave it to me for Christmas. (laughs) What do you mean that's where it went? I've been looking everywhere for it. It was like... Six years ago. Trey, I'm with you, though. I watched this movie, I think, on Voodoo. To, to be honest, I think I signed this up or Tubu or some weird streaming site <laughs> that it was available for free, but you had to watch it with ads. Well, it's not surprising that this movie was um, at least a little bit difficult to track down because I feel like this movie is on the same level as other movies like Fanboys and Knights of Badassdom. Oh my god, uh, Trey. That was my first thought was fanboys. Yeah. I'm like, like this, this like, is this is the same kind of movie. That. Yeah, it uh, really I, is. I don't think it went through the kind of production hell that those movies went through where it was filmed oh and god. finished, but yes. then just never released. Fanboys, I remember like first hearing about it and being so excited. Mm-hmm. And then like five years later, it finally came out. Yeah, it came out. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was. Same thing with Knights of Badass, though. Like it was filmed and finished so long ago. I was like, this sounds awesome. You know, this freaking LARP, LARP movie with Steve Zahn and Peter Dinklage and Summer mm-hmm. Glau. Uh, and then I just it just never got released. And I completely forgot about it until it finally came out. Uh, another connection with those movies, though, is the main act, the main character in Knights of Badassdom played the, I guess he was one of the main characters. I don't know if he was the main character, but um, the the voice actor who was kind of like coming up with the plan to rob the convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Knights of Badassdom as well, as well as True Blood. Not that I've seen many episodes of true blood can we talk about how like kind of creative the whole setup and and all of these types of characters Mm -hmm. because clancy brown was like a combination of chuck norris and william shatner yeah it was a wild combination more of an asshole than they actually are in real life and then uh the child actor played by uh russell peters and he plays pretty much a child actor that <laughs> is a, a gag on Haley Joe Osmond's brief appearance on Walker, Texas Ranger, mm. where Did it's he? revealed that he has AIDS. I didn't but know however, that. in this in the in Supercon, this character plays like this <laughs> this horribly <laughs> stereotypical Indian child. 
Ooh. who was revealed to have ball cancer. Yeah. Ball and that's kind of like the running ball gag. cancer kid. <laughs> yeah, through this whole movie. And the fact that, like, <laughs> they actually, you know, they finally, you, you kind of hear about it through, like, the beginning of the movie and, and just kind of the build up and, like, why isn't he wearing his signature turban? Like, no one's going to know who you are because you're not dressed as your character. And then when they finally play the clip, it's like this giant comically huge turban yeah it was awful and it just, i was not expecting it to be quite so extreme he looked like toad he really it was That's yeah perfect, it was like he's, like he's shirtless he's just wearing pants and the turban like hammer time pants <clears throat> i have testicular cancer yeah it was i i appreciate the callback to like that i mean if you haven't seen it or if you're not aware yeah, I had no I idea. I had no idea. I oh, okay. Well, look it up. He's like look my up. style icon. Look up Chuck Norris, or I'm sorry, Walker, Texas Ranger uh, AIDS clip. And it's, it's. I mean, it's, yeah, it's I wonder if they'll funny. remake that scene for the new uh, Walker show with Jared Padalecki. Uh, Probably not. No, I, I don't think it aged well. Probably like much of, of Walker, Texas Ranger, but. I was definitely not expecting uh, Clancy Brown's character to go in that direction, like to be a combination of of those characters of like your Star Trek and your (laughs) Walker, Texas Ranger. It was definitely a creative way of, you know, setting up that character. I just loved him as that character so much. Like he puts so much energy into it. And I'm so used to seeing like, yes, obviously Clancy Brown has done a lot of live action stuff. Obviously, you know, the big thing he's going to be remembered for is he was, and I don't even know if is the right way or what he was called, the Kurgan or something from uh, Highlander, from the original Highlander movie. Oh. Um, but like he. He's you know, also the voice of Mr. Krabs, which blows my mind. That doesn't oh, yeah. blow my mind because he's always voicing stuff in cartoons. I don't think there's a cartoon I've seen that doesn't have Clancy Brown somewhere in there. But like, he's oddly, he, he's oddly charismatic. And I, I think he, he, he his character, yes, was an asshole, but it was played so well. Like, yeah, it was entertaining to watch. Like, he yeah. stole the show every scene he was in, even yeah. when he's being just a complete asshole. And I also really did like, I mean, Maggie Grace, the the actor that played the comic book artist. Uh, I've always, I, I always like her whenever she's in it. She's in a, she was in Lost, and she's currently in Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, but I loved her. She she was almost like Daria. From uh from the nineties, I love Daria. Yeah, same. Yeah. Which is why I liked her so much. Uh, I totally thought that was the actress who plays um I forget her name, but Gamora's sister in Marvel in the Marvel. Karen movies. Gillan. Karen I thought Gilly? it was her. No, like, I thought Mm-mm. it was her the whole time. No, not no. not even close. If you see, well, I mean, obviously I've seen more Karen Gillan than you have because I watched Doctor. I yeah, I don't see a resemblance, but I guess if you know. You don't see her as much as you might. But also, John Malkovich's character, who was like this stoner, uh, happy-go-lucky comic book artist who like kind of starts to go on the dark side (laughs) and starts talking about all this stuff from Vietnam. I mean, my only problem is he shows up like probably more than halfway through the film. Yeah. Probably all they could afford him for. Yeah, that or there was just like, we only have five days to film with John Malkovich or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, he was just kind of like 
sprinkled in towards the second half of the movie. Yeah, and I do have to say, as much, as much as I enjoyed this movie, like that was my biggest critique for this movie is that it took too long to get to the story. Like it took too long to get to the inciting incident, to plot point one, to plot point two. You know, yeah. it, it, it really took its time. Not that I didn't enjoy all of it. You know, I, I enjoyed the just the raunchy humor and the back and forth with each character. Like that was hysterical. But it just it, uh, you know, as a structured film, it just it took too long to get to like the main points of what this movie was about. That might Which... be why I struggled through this film, because I really did. It was like, I don't know. I I thought I was going to like really enjoy this movie. <laughs> And I did not as much. And I wonder if that was why, like, it just felt so slow paced to me that I was having just trouble, like, okay, I need to pay attention to this movie to see what's going to happen next. Um, I mean, it is one of those, like, I honestly, I felt like I enjoyed it more in the first half when it was just like the characters being the characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then felt that the, the second half, the actual heist part of the film was a little too over the top and and did kind of lose me i mean as much as like heist films in general are unrealistic this one was really really unrealistic it was like there's no way there's no way they were gonna get away with this no way at all i don't know if it, it was just me or what i was just like it almost took me out of the movie because of how unrealistic it was. You know, like a movie like Ocean's Eleven, while dramatic, is still like believable, if that makes sense. It's um, clever enough to where you feel like it, it could be pulled off. You can suspend your disbelief on something. Yes, I could not suspend my disbelief for this movie. I had a lot of trouble with that, well, which made me sad. You know, just to comment off of that, like, they kind of set themselves up for that kind of reaction to where you're just kind of like, there's no way this is realistic. Because, like, literally when the movie starts, it says, based on a true story. I tried to read, like, the Wikipedia page and, and stuff like that. There is no reference to this supposed true story no. of, of what happened. This so I don't even know if that's happened. true. So why did they say it was based on a true story? Like, even movies that say they're based on a true story, like, there may be one line of truth in the entire movie, but it's based on something. There is 100% no truth to this movie whatsoever. So it is kind of misleading, and they probably did that just as a joke because this story is so stupid and crazy that, oh, it's based on a true story, that's a joke. They did the same thing with uh, Anchorman. You know, they said it was based on a true story of Ron Burgundy. Um, but it was obviously not. But this movie isn't based on a true story. It's inspired by an urban legend. And it's the urban legend that they talk about in the movie of the people who robbed Dragon Con and then disappeared in the big cosplay parade. Mm, um, okay. Also, that did not happen. As far as anyone knows, people have asked Dragon Con, like, did this happen? They're like, no, it absolutely did not. Well, of course, Dragon Con would deny it, Trey. Right. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a conspiracy. Hold up. I have to go get the red yarn. Uh, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I just had trouble with this movie. I was... I was really excited for it because like my newfound love of cons, I was like, oh, this is something I can get into and enjoy. And it just, so nothing. Was it 
that you didn't like the just the overall kind of goofiness absurdity of it or was it like some of the jokes that they said throughout the entire movie maybe i can handle goofiness and absurdiness especially like you know when you want to suspend your disbelief and you want to enjoy the movie i don't know it was just a combination of a lot of things it it just wasn't really an enjoyable movie for me and Mm. I, i really like i said i really wanted to love this I I guess I was expecting a different kind of movie. Uh not so much Galaxy Quest but sort of where they oh, kind so of good. show you like um a, like a real love for like fans and uh conventions of that type and you know this was not that kind of movie. Um they didn't like poke fun at fans or anything like that but you know, it was just different, I guess. I mean, it was definitely more on the nose of like the celebrity aspect yeah. of yeah. the conventions. So behind yeah, the scenes sure. focus on the fans. The underbelly of conventions. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because like there's another shit. Well, not. I, I, yes, it's a TV show, but it's technically a web mini-sode series. Uh, Con Man with Alan Tudyk and Nathan Lane and every other actor under the sun that it's very similar to this not that they rob a convention but it's very similar to like it's the celebrities and the artists of conventions like kind of like saying jokes and complaining about stuff um and just you know wacky hijinks it makes me think of what was it king of cons with the guys from supernatural yes um the one who played Chuck and Gabriel, they had their own little mini TV show too about oh I didn't um actors who go to conv- I never got to I never watched it I wanted to which one was um, Chuck and Gabriel Chuck was God oh and Gabriel okay and Gabriel was Gabriel. Loki yeah Loki okay <laughs> sorry I don't know I I would totally know the actor's name if I'd like saw it they're just not coming to my head if you right told now. me their name i still won't know who they are but god oh. and, god and god and loki, god and loki. God, exactly who that is <laughs> yeah but yeah they had a show that ran a couple of seasons if i'm not mistaken called king of cons and it was about um the uh vip side of cons i guess you could say with the talent not so much the fans definitely watch con man and it's actually funny that this movie was about, well, talked about uh, Dragon Con getting robbed in the big cosplay parade because the last Dragon Con I went to, um, there was a panel for Con Man with Alan Tudyk and Nolan North on it uh, that I just really wanted to get to because I just I had to go see them. It was great. Uh, but I almost missed it because I was blocked by the giant cosplay parade. I mean, it's amazing how much the Dragon Con parade fucks up the con experience. It's, <laughs> it's I mean, not it, a small thing. And it, it's a huge part of the convention, and it allows people who aren't going to the convention and locals and things like that to kind of experience everything and see the costumes and see the different groups. But the fact that they have it run between like the main hotels. So if you don't get to where you want to be at a certain time, you're stuck. I mean, you you can't go anywhere. Which <laughs> for people who like me, 
you know, it's not a Mardi Gras parade. You're just watching people walking down the street. Yeah, it's, what, it's not what, exciting. What kind of parade is that? You're not throwing. You don't even like you, get things. No. no, and it's oh. as people as usually as the attendee who puts forth, uh, you know, hundreds of dollars for a hotel room and tickets and things like that. To me, and I don't want to sound like a party pooper, but the parade is really just it. It feels like a big inconvenience. Y'all have to take me to this con to show me. Yeah, and then you're standing there watching the parade and suddenly a cosplay of the Twin Towers walks by and you're like, ooh. What the fuck? (laughs) That is a true story. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, Dragon Con, I mean, is like the convention to end all conventions. It's the second biggest convention in the U.S. That's not not... San Diego Comic Con? (laughs) San Diego is the biggest. Okay, okay. Dragon Con is still considered a fan convention. It's yeah. not celebrity-based. I mean, celebrities oh, okay. do come, but it's not like Comic-Con where it's But it's pretty on... much like San Diego is like corporate now. Yes. You yeah. could say. And Dragon Con is still thrives from its fan-run panels and, and things like that. But whereas... it's still huge. Oh, yeah. Sounds like my sort of, sort of gig. Well, if we go I'll again, need... we'll include you in the invite. Yay! <laughs> so another fun little anecdote. So we actually, I actually learned about this movie when we were at MechaCon a few months ago. I learned it from uh, one of the vendors. I wish I had her name on hand, uh, but she stitched um, a Loki Gator, which I bought uh, for our table because we already had the Loki Gator head, and then they had this little adorable plushie. Oh Loki yeah, Gator, that was so cute. I was cute. like, I have to buy that. Like, I, I can't not buy that for us um but she was the one who actually told me about this movie because she asked what the what the podcast about i was like oh well we you know we, we talk about movies that are set and set or filmed in new orleans and it's like oh you should do Supercon, which i hadn't heard of until that point so like she told me about it and uh she actually compared um john malkovich's character to like the stan lee of the group what? which i well, wonder they do kind of because he mentions i think Yeah, Jack Kirby. So So, I kind of figured they were making him like an almost Stan Lee type character. Yeah. I mean, I guess. But he wasn't in it enough for, you know, that really to kind of be expanded upon. I mean, he, while always a pleasure to to see on screen, I would say he was one of the weaker aspects, especially just that he kind of appears out of nowhere. Yeah. And they really include him for like no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Because he's not part of, like, the main clique in the opening, you know, first half of the movie. Yeah, he pretty much just is, like, the lookout guy for the heist. Which he doesn't even do that well. No. 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 But this film was filmed here, apparently, but they didn't seem... They didn't seem to leave the Hilario uh, no. Center very much. They're, Except for that barbecue place. I that barbecue up, place, which real? he does say that they're about to have the best uh, crawfish and seafood of their lives. Okay. At a barbecue True. place. And they also mentioned they didn't, I was surprised that they didn't use New Orleans, quote, quote, as the city. They actually said they were in. Um, we go. West Wego. And I'm like, who the fuck outside of Louisiana is going to know where West Wego is? Well, not only um, that, like, there was no, like, establishing shots of, like, yeah, nothing. stock footage of New Orleans or, you know. If they hadn't said that it was taking place in West Wego, I would not have had a clue that it was filmed here. 
But so. I kind of appreciate that. Like, I kind of, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess, but like. It takes a lot of balls to film your movie in New Orleans and not really mention <laughs> and New not really. I mean, they probably could only afford the Hilario sound. I mean. Well, that's true. To be honest, yeah. But they still could have, like. I mean, it was, you know, surprising that they didn't have, like, a shot of downtown New Orleans or the twin span or Just fucking you know, something. Jeez. Mardi Gras. You know, overshot was, of the Superdome. But I mean, yeah, at the same time, like, nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong. West Week goes literally across the river. It's not like yeah, a long yeah. drive or anything. It's still a part of the New Orleans area. But I mean, yeah, everything happened in and around the con. So like having establishing shots of New Orleans yeah. doesn't really serve any kind of purpose. Like the I establishing mean, shots of the con of like all the cosplayers and all the fans walking around. Like, I think that was more effective. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. It was just, you know, like I said, if they hadn't have filmed here, you'd never know. They clearly gained, came here, one, for the tax breaks, um, and two, because this was clearly a very low-budget film. Low-budget, but high-quality. I mean, for uh, probably the amount of money this movie had, yeah. It, it did well. And finally, at the end, I really did love uh, Clancy Brown's like big blow up. Yes. And uh, how they kind of continued it throughout the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, how it just yeah. kept going and I going. I enjoy that. <laughs> Although it did for sure date itself yes. um, with the credits. It, it's kind of it like dated what, itself um, by two and a half years. Yes. I mean, it's not did that you. Old. It's not that long. I mean, it was 2015, so six years ago. But the end credits, it, it it was weird because it almost kind of felt I was looking at internet pages from like five years before that even, weirdly enough. Like, I felt it was even more dated than it should have well, been. Because it was like one know, of the, it was, it was like a live blog. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. And like really old, like web page layouts. Like from like early two thousands web page layouts. I don't know what was going on with the end credits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh live journal. Uh, Shout out to MySpace. They're gonna finally oh, read the MySpace the... days sometimes. Simpler simpler times. They are at changing their name. I don't know to what though. There you go. Oh, yeah. Look, Sally Mae's still changed to Navy, and them assholes are still assholes. There's not much you can do with the name change. Yeah, they'll change it to the Facebook classic, you know, kind of like If you had to give this movie between one and five barbecue sauce penises, (laughs) what would you give it? I, uh, I went into this movie with extremely low expectations. And came out pleasantly surprised. I, Night, you know, my first my thought after was, watching uh, this movie was comparing models. it to Fanboys. And I had oh, seen yeah. Knights of Kickassia or whatever, uh, Badassdom. Yeah, Role Models, which is a far superior movie. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I've seen Fanboys enough times where it's still kind of stuck in my head. And I think when you compare these types of movies, I think Knights of Badassia, whatever it's called, Badassdom, uh, is definitely the weakest of, like, the three. 
And I really, I almost want to put this one on top or just below Fanboys if, if we're comparing, you know, all three films together. I I am not an expert on conventions, but I have been to a lot of conventions. And I appreciated this movie. I, you know, it was more with uh, Mike Epps's character where he plays like the greedy convention producer, whatever you want to call it. But you see that at conventions, not so much mm-hmm. with, you know, the head honcho themselves, the people who run the conventions, but like the celebrity celebrity handlers and, and things like that. Like all of that is true. It's it's all about money, money, money. And, you know, you have to pay money to get a picture and to get an autograph. And, you know, I appreciated those aspects of, of this movie and while it it took creative liberty um it was still very much true and even seeing some of the people at conventions who show up and and are definitely past their prime and and people really don't care about anymore it's disheartening to see and sad you know so when you have like your main character I, I guess, um, Keith, you know, you, that's like the first thought I, I picture is, is seeing these sad, you know, old child celebrities and things like that, that people just really don't care about anymore. And I, I just really appreciated like all of that part of the film. And I think that's why I enjoyed the first half so much. Whereas the second half, just didn't quite click and I think was too over the top too silly where I would have rather to have just had the movie be about the two characters trying to come to terms with you know who they are and kind of their station in life and and getting their revenge in some way but I think it would have been better maybe without the the heist aspect but with that said I mean expectations low pleasantly surprised i kind of want to give this like a a solid four i mean i think if you're familiar with conventions you would get more out of it if you understand a lot of the references i think like the biggest one with the walker texas ranger you know aids comparison you kind of get a little more appreciation and uh no i i enjoyed it i feel like i would definitely watch this again and they left the movie on a, you know, a sequel bait. And I kind of would definitely want to watch the sequel. I, I enjoyed it. I I mean, Clancy Brown was great. The two main characters. You know, everyone involved really felt like they had actual relationships. Like, they clicked. Like, you could feel the friendship and, and kind of got that vibe throughout the whole movie. And, uh, yeah. I'm going to go with a four. Wow. Well, um, I am very shocked by a four because I'm giving this fucker a one. <laughs> I know. And I don't, I don't really like, uh, I don't really enjoy giving ones because it just means I didn't have a good time. And I really did not have a good time watching this movie. 
like it felt like a waste. And I've and I do agree with EY. I actually think the in the way you said it too, I could totally see it. I would have enjoyed this a whole lot more had it been based on the two characters and um you know, them just coming to terms with uh with their lives as they went through this convention together. Like I would have enjoyed that. The it would have been more realistic to me. The heist was so outrageous and you know it just it it was hard to suspend disbelief. It just I did not have a good time watching this and it made me sad because maybe I did go into this with too high of expectations. Like I said, I don't really uh watch any trailers or read anything on the movies that we're going to watch. So I'm just like, oh, Supercon is going to be about a convention. This is going to be awesome. And it was not awesome, um, at least to me, which makes me sad. Um, but yeah, I just did not have a good time watching this movie. Well, uh, I, I, and so I it's going to be a one for that me. Because wow. I, I, I love this <laughs> I movie. I know. It's uh, sad. <laughs> you know, like I said, my I did not. is that it just took too long to get to the plot and to get to the plot points. Um. And then even when it did get there, it's still there. There was a lot of time that could have been used to uh, flesh out the plot. But what was there, which honestly was uh, honestly, the majority of this movie was like really just raunchy comedy and people are going to hate it. But like racist and sexist and homophobic jokes that honestly I love them. They had me laughing the entire movie whenever the um one of the actors they're working with then to do the heist is like in the vents and he falls into a toilet full of shit and there's an actual shit explosion i think i laughed for a solid five minutes at that at that stupid poop joke oh that was basically but it was just so funny for me and i i just i that's kind of like the, the turd scene in Mardi Gras Spring, Mardi Gras exactly Spring Break. Like the chemistry between uh, the actors was perfect. But more gross. Uh, it was just it was a super enjoyable movie. And uh, when I give it this rating, I'm not saying that like this movie's on par with something like The Green Book, you know. But I'm giving this a five. I would give it a six if I could because I just, I loved I love this movie. This is the funniest movie we have done since uh, 21 Jump Street. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to like and review us on your preferred podcast app. You can stay up to date by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Nola Podcast or on Twitter at Nola. Suggestions and feedback, positive or negative, can be sent to us directly at Podcast at gmail.com. It. I, <laughs> this happens every time all right we need to am i starting again <laughs> yeah yeah all right one two three <laughs>